Hello and welcome to another episode of Interview with Schizophrenic. I'm your host, Duncan Tamrasena, and today I have the great pleasure of having Brad with me. And he's from Oregon on the Pacific Coast in the United States of America. Um, he has a diagnosis of schizoaffective uh, bipolar type, and he's in his early 40s. So welcome to the show, Brad. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely my pleasure. So, Brad, what I want to ask you is um, if you would give us a little bit of a history of, of what happened to, to to make you have that diagnosis, what, what were the triggers, what caused it, and um, how you were treated. If you'd like to talk about that, that'd be fantastic. Okay. Well... I started having issues sometime while I was in the army, which I served for 15 years. And, um, I started to see things. I started to hear things, but everything grew on so gradually that I really didn't know anything was wrong. What age did I, you um, join the army? What's that? What age did you join the army? I joined the army in 2003. So I was 25. Okay, fine. And were you? Did you have any symptoms before then? I did not. Okay, fine. So it started. It started while you were serving. Um, it started then. Okay, fine. Okay, so yeah, please carry on. It'd be interesting to hear your story. Yeah. So while I was serving in Iraq the second time, I was struck by lightning, and my uh, wife and I are pretty sure that that's when about when I started having issues. And um, I don't know if it's from a brain injury or, or what from that point. But as I said, I really didn't think I had a large issue or wasn't aware that I had an issue. But I was in the mental health system for a lot of depression and anxiety and things like that. Okay. But one day sitting on the porch of our apartment in Los Angeles where I was going to school, I asked my wife. Uh, what does thoughts sound like? And she thought it was a very odd question and tried to describe how thoughts work inside of her head and realizing that this was a very different process for her as it was for me. That kind of began my journey to being medically retired out of the army for my schizoaffective disorder. Okay, fine. So, um, Okay, fine. So you spent 15 years in the army. You were stationed in Iraq. Um, you're hit by a lightning bolt, which may have been a trigger uh, for some psych psychosis. Um, and eventually you were medically retired. Um, so, I mean, what, did you see much action when you were in the army? I was there as a construction engineer. So okay. I saw except for a lightning blast and then one mortar that came in kind of close to me i saw no action okay fine but you were still in a in a war zone yeah still in a war zone i mean there were still yeah there were still things happening around me but never to me okay cool man 
So, um, so when you came, you obviously you came home to um, to America, and then that is when you found out that you were not um, your mind wasn't working as it should should be. So yeah, one, many years uh, later, like okay. uh, ten years later, after the lightning bolt. Yeah. Okay, fine. So, um, why don't you tell us about that? Let's um. So you you saw a psychiatrist? I mean, what happened there? I saw well many psychiatrists, but uh, I went through a, a pretty big circus of diagnoses on there. Initially, you know, just uh, you've got some anxiety issues here. Take this, uh, take this out of van, or you have depression. Try this SSRI, and they kept trying me on different. They kept trying me on different antidepressants, thinking I was just depressed, and none of them seemed to really work for me. Okay. And, uh, in fact, all they did was cause side effects that made things worse. But um, eventually, when I was in Los Angeles going to grad school as, a, as an Army assignment, I was seeing Air Force doctors instead of Army doctors. And... They seemed a lot more willing to diagnose me. And then they didn't have a psychiatrist on staff, so they sent me to a civilian psychiatrist. Yeah. And that was the time when they started giving me what I felt like was true and real diagnoses, yeah. which was good for my mental health and for um, making me live a better life and everything. But it was a, a career killer for me. Yeah, I mean, okay, fine. But there's a few things there. For one thing, once you get the diagnosis, which you're most comfortable with, which which explains uh, most of your symptoms, you can work on, on your recovery. And once you start working on your recovery, you can work in, on with building a better life. Um, so yeah, you're it, obviously, you know, say, you know, I think everybody with some sort of schizo, um, type disorder goes through tremendous changes with that occupation, you know. Um, I yeah. think I think that happens to pretty much all of them, you know. Um, so I mean, so what, what do you are you retired now? Do you is there anything do you want to get back into the working and working environment? I mean, do you think you can? I tried working at five different jobs after I was retired from the army. And my condition made them all untenable to where I couldn't do it. So I am I am just retired now. Okay, fine. So I mean, I mean, when you're retired, I mean, do you find how, how do you spend your time? I um, well, my wife would tell you I just spend most of my time just kind of following her around the house, wondering what oh. she's doing. <laughs> but uh. Uh, I spend a lot of time with video games. I do, I do write on my blog, yeah. And then I'm working on a memoir about my uh, mental health journey through the military right now too. Yeah, that's why you've got a blog about your life experiences with schizoaffective and the army. Um, you know, that which is, you know, that's fantastic because I think um, the more and more that we we talk about what we're going through and we make it. And we, and we, so people can hear our stories, you know, that's going to break down the stigma 
surrounding, um, you know, schizotype disorders, you know, so, you know, that's, that's a great thing you're doing um, with your writing, you know, because, you, you, you know, that, that's, we've, we've got to be heard, you know. I that's think. one of my big goals is to uh, do my part as an individual to erase some stigmas. I mean, here I am with all kinds of training to where I can be a violent person, but there's absolutely nothing violent about me. I'm not a violent person. Is there a community of veterans? Because I, I know, you know, they, with, with veterans, some of them do develop psychosis um, due to um, being in the war zone. Is there a local community for veterans that you can attend or anything like that? There's really, there's really not. And, and I don't live in a very, I mean, the closest city to me is Portland and that's two hours away. Okay. So I live in a pretty small community. There is a, there is a veterans of foreign wars here, but from my experience, that's more of a, a drinking club and a bar than it is that. And with my medication, I don't drink at all. So Okay, fine. So, yeah, must, I, I think it must be. Uh, I, I, I've, I've got no idea, but um, I think of when you say a small town. I think of um, like in First Blood when Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone walked <laughs> yeah, man. Is it, what's your town like, man? It's actually a really friendly, really inclusive town. The yeah. uh, like, uh, for instance, the town is loaded with pride flags and. Mm. Uh, it's a very inclusive town. I don't think anybody feels uncomfortable here. Yeah. That's nice, yeah. It is It is a really nice... It reminds me of the small towns I grew up in the Midwest, except for if you're different here, it's appreciated. Can you talk about... Can you be open about your mental health um, condition? Or, or is, is that not something you can do? Yeah, I'm actually pretty open about it. I, uh, as I say, I'm out of the crazy closet. Yeah. So, um, no, all my neighbors know about my condition. My, uh, my friends here, they know I'm pretty forthright with it. Yeah, I mean, because I, I, I definitely believe that is that is a thing to do. Because at the end of the day, it's just a medical condition. It's not as if we're we're witches or something. You know, it's not something. You know, it's kind of medieval that you're not allowed to talk about a medical condition that you have because people fear it, you know. We, so, yeah, we've got to talk about it. We've got to be open. Um, and I, I think you get you get to a certain age where you think, well, look, I'm not going to just keep it quiet. This is part of my identity. You know, this is part of who I am. Yeah, and I'm able to I'm able to do that in my part of the United States. Now, when I lived in the middle of the United States in uh, Kansas, which was my first home after I got out of the army, yeah. I was not able to do that so much. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. But also you're older now. I mean, there's that, that as well. And there's also sometimes you kind of just want to be introverted, I think. Yeah, um, I think that's part of the condition that you just you don't want people prying in. You don't. Want, but I mean, I guess that like I think there just comes a time where you think, well, oh, it's what the hell? I'm just gonna 
you know, say say what I want and be who I am. So yeah. So let, let yeah. me ask you some questions. How did how did your um your friends react throughout your lifetime? Um, now that you've gone through the army and now becoming um, medically retired, how, how did your friends treat you? Um, most of them pretty good. I mean, I, I kind of back before I knew what was going on with me and I was kind of spiraling through life a little bit. I kind of disillusioned a lot of my friends then. Yeah. So I would lost most of my friends. There are some that I still have yeah. now and it's 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 a changed relationship, but the problem that I have is that with that is it's it's not really fair for me to comment on this because I live a long ways away from any of them right now. So my yeah. relationships with yeah. them are just on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's perfectly understandable. I think um you know, um, for my own life story, um, I think when you're going through something difficult like this, people, your friends can distance you. And, you know, I just, it's, the reason I asked the question is because it just, I just want to show people how hard it can be with this condition because sometimes ones close to us can just let us go. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think uh, I think it's you know it's a it's just that's the way that's the way life is. You know, it's difficult, especially when you're in your twenties or thirties. You know, it's it's difficult for people to understand. Yeah. So tell me, um, Greg, what what um, when you're at home, do you do you experience? Um, are you experiencing psychotic symptoms? And if so, do you employ any coping methods um, to help you and to soothe your mind? At my home, I'm usually in really good shape. It's kind of mm -hmm. my home base, and I don't have a lot of issues there. I have um, – when I have problems, it's usually when I'm around strangers. Like, for instance, yes, last night we were at a Halloween party. Yeah. And uh, – the only person that I knew there was the couple that was hosting it and my wife and my own children. Yeah. And, uh, I got to the place to where I couldn't do it anymore. So I turned to my wife and said, I, I would really like you to take me home. Okay. And we opted to just all leave at that point. Okay. But, uh, the host family is somebody that, knows about me knows about my condition and april was my wife was able to just go and tell them hey brad's having issues so we're gonna take him home okay. and by the time i got home i was okay now in the car i did take a rescue drug a clonopin so i wouldn't have a panic attack okay. but uh which that always kind of derails the rest of my day but once i got home i was good yeah yeah, I think home, you know, it's got to be a safe place. If it's not a safe place, it's not home. So, you know, I mean, that, that's it's got to be. Um, Brad, do you smoke? Do you take nicotine? No. You don't? Never? Have you ever smoked? 
Yeah, I, the last time I had a cigarette was in Iraq. I quit when I uh, left there. Okay, fine. Uh, and then I lot, smoked people... when I was a bartender back in college. Okay, fine. I mean, because a lot of people with um, these sort of conditions do take nicotine in some form or the other. Um, sure. So have you um, have you experienced being bullied being bullied uh yeah. not really no growing up i was kind of friends with everybody yeah okay and what sort of what sort of hobbies do you enjoy while you're at home oh uh, i'm a shameless video game addict <clears throat> okay but uh lately with the uh what's the the science term for it anhedonia Lately, yeah. with the anhedonia, I don't even care to play video games. Is that the apathy sort of thing? The apathy thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, with, like, I'm... with the inability to experience pleasure. Yeah, you know, um, okay, okay, yeah, got it with, with you. Um, yeah, I used to be a gamer as well. And I, to be honest, I don't play as much as I used to. I can't, I just can't get into it. Um, That's where I'm at too. Yeah, it's just strange because I, you know, it's like I still love all that stuff, but I just can't get into it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I am trying to get back into scuba diving. Okay, that's good. Can you so, scuba dive locally? No, I I did. I did in, of all places, Alaska. I scuba dove up there. Oh, really? Okay, cool. But, uh, and then I got married and life happened and Yeah, I mean, you know. But now I'm starting to get back into it. My kids are at an age where I can have hobbies again. Yeah. I mean, you just gotta take it easy. You gotta work on your recovery. And you know, so I mean that's that's fine. So um Okay, I just wanna ask you one more question. Is there anything I've asked I haven't asked that you would like to talk about? Oh, gosh, I don't know, because we, we covered, like, the stigmas and stuff, and that's always my big topic I like to talk about is that, you know, schizophrenia, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a brain disorder. It's, it's something real that happens to people. Yeah. And even though we don't understand it completely, you know, I wouldn't shun somebody because there's something wrong with their heart. Exactly. But, you know, there's something that's wrong with with our brains yeah. but it's yeah. nothing that we should be discriminated against about but Have, do you feel you've been discriminated yeah yeah <laughs> yeah more on a personal more on a personal <laughs> level than professional yeah yeah no I, i've experienced it as well so you know yeah, it's not nice. It's not. It's not a nice feeling, and yeah, I mean that. That's kind of what you know. I that's that's why you know, like writing a blog and me doing this podcast. I think it's so important that we we have a voice, and that we, you know, we just we we, we let people. If they say, you know, somebody says, "What is schizophrenia?" Well, you can read about it on the internet. Or you can read a blog, or you can listen to. This podcast, you know, you can you can understand it 
uh, you can hear it from the horse's mouth and and um you know just to see that it's a it's a it's a condition it's a medical condition it's not a personality trait no so, yeah okay brad um what sort of music do you like to listen to what sort of genre oh lately i've been listening to a lot of 80s and 90s punk music okay fine do you, do you punk music okay do you like any of that um that retro wave synth synth wave stuff synth wave it's like um it's like uh it's like inspired by the 80s synthesizer music you know like um <laughs> do you know what i mean like like no some... I, i'm not familiar with it uh, but no worries okay fine so 80s 80s punk no 80s and 90s punk music i shall look for that and see what i can do Anyway, thank you very much for talking to me today, Brad. It was a real pleasure. All right. Um, thank you for the opportunity. No problem at all. And enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you very much. All right. You too. Everybody out in the world, stop messing around. Calling all you freaks and nerds. You're just missing what you want. My brother's going down the drain. My sister's living the dream. Give it.